0: John chapter 19, we're going to read John chapter 19, verse 31. And as we turn there, and and, and we get a sense of it in our worship today, that the Lord is making all things new. That he continually makes all things new. That he's continually working in our lives. And uh, today's message is, I pray, an encouragement both to the first-time guest, maybe you haven't accepted uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet. You're going to have a chance to hear at the end of the service. So the message is for you, and the message is also to the believer, the one who has been serving God for any number, uh, amount of time, any, any number of years. So no matter what, we're all going to be ministered to this morning. God uh, desires to help us and to strengthen us and to get us through whatever we're going through this morning. Because Christian or not, believer or unbeliever, life happens to all of us. Hard times happen, trials and circumstances and situations that we didn't foresee. It takes place in our lives, and the good news is that God is there to help us. So we're going to read John chapter 19, verse 31, and in this passage here, we see the, the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the beautiful price that he paid for us, and I want to start off there in verse 31. The Bible says it was the day of preparation. And the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there for the next day, talking about Jesus and the two that were beside him. They didn't want the bodies hanging there, to the, next day, uh, there the next day, which was the Sabbath, and a very special Sabbath, because it was a Passover. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken. Then their bodies could be taken down. Verse 32. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. Verse 33. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with the spear. And immediately, blood and water flowed out. I want to minister a message this morning entitled, Blood and Water. Now the fact is, this morning, is that we all needed saving in our lives. And we all need saving. This is a beautiful plan of of God. The, The beautiful truth of the gospel is that God desires to seek and save those who are lost. That God has a plan, a perfect plan for each and every one of us. Whether you're you're tuning in online or you're here within the four walls here in the house of God, God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. We need saving. Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That is the truth. If there is breath in your lungs, God desires to seek and to save you. He desires to, to do a wonderful work in your life. He desires to, to complete the work that he's begun in your life if there's breath in your lungs. If you hear the sound of my voice, God has a plan and a purpose for you. It's his desire to seek and save those who are lost. We understand, and even as to the believer in John 15, 5, that apart from him, we could do nothing. And he says, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. This is a reminder for each and every one of us that apart from Christ, we're not going to be successful. Apart from Christ, we're not going to have true life. We need him. We need to be connected to him each and every day. We need him in our lives. Church, let us never get to a place to where we think that we don't need God anymore. That we don't have to run to him anymore. We don't have to pray. We don't have to seek him in his word. Let us never get to that place because it will be a tragic mistake. Apart from him, we can do nothing. God desires to save both the unbeliever. And can I say to continue to save the believer. To continue to save you and I. Because we enter and we encounter situations in our lives where we have to cry out to the Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Help me in this situation. Yes, we know him. Yes, we're saved. We're doing our best to follow him and to serve him. But situations, circumstances, trials happen where we need to still call out to him. And the good news is is he's still in the business of saving Each and every day, he's in the business of of saving the unbeliever, of of bringing in the unbeliever, and he's in the business of helping his sons and daughters, his children, no matter what situation you're going through this morning. That's the good news of the gospel. In Luke chapter 5, there's an interesting passage here, and this is where Jesus was first calling his disciples, and we get the, the account of him, his first encounter with Simon Peter and Jesus, let me set the, give the setting here. He was preaching to the multitudes. He was, he was there in Galilee and he was ministering the word of God and he was preaching the word of God. He preached, he was preaching to a crowd and he hopped in a boat and he asked Simon Peter to push him offshore so that he could be there in the water and he could teach the crowd that were on the, were on the shore. And upon completing his preaching to the people, he told Simon Peter, Simon Peter, who by trade was a fisherman, he told him, cast down your nets. Go out deeper and cast out your nets. And listen to what Peter said here. Luke 5, verse 5 through 8. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again and this time listen to this their nets were so full of fish they began to tear a shout for help brought their partners in the in the other boats and soon the boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking now listen to this. Listen to what happens here. Listen to, to what Peter's thinking and what he says here in verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Peter saw firsthand a miracle, and this was his encounter with Jesus Christ, his Savior. And what did he say? I'm a sinner. Lord, depart from me. I'm too much of a sinner to be in your presence. And see, this is what takes place when we accept the Lord. We realize that without Christ, our lives were destroyed. We're sinners in need of a Savior. Think back of your your salvation experience. Think back of the time that you accepted the Lord for the very first time. You realize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And this is where Peter was at. So we get an account of Peter before Christ, before his relationship with Christ, and we understand that he realized that he was too much of a sinner to be around him. And we see by God's grace, God still had a calling upon his life. And then we have the believers. I think for the majority of us in this place, believers, ones that, are, that, that we're serving God, we're, we're doing what God has called us to do. We're seeking Him. We're doing our best in this life to serve Him. We're redeemed. But here we look at another account with Peter. He's been walking with the Lord, just as you and I. He knows the Lord. He's been following Him. He's been doing his best to be obedient. He's been serving Him. And as we look in Matthew 14, verse 30, we get the account here where the disciples were in the Sea of Galilee, and and it was the middle of the night, and the storms were raging, and they they were fearful, and then here comes Jesus walking on the water. And they saw him at a distance, and what does the Bible say? They thought he was a ghost, but he said, Don't be afraid, it is only I, it is me. And what does Peter do in all of his boldness? He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out. And to meet you there in the water. So Jesus said, Come on out. So Peter, as Jesus was walking on the water, began to walk on the water as well. And then what happens in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30? But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Save me, Lord. See, sometimes you and I, we're at the top of our game, right? We're as close as, we can, as we've ever been to Christ. We've, we've been doing what God's called us to do. Everything's going great. We're walking on water, so to speak, just as Simon Peter was. But as life goes, as situations happen, in an instant, it could seem that we begin to sink, where a moment ago we were walking on water, but then this thing came out of left field, and now we're beginning to sink where we were walking day in and day out with Jesus Christ, with our loving Father. He was there with us, and we, we had beautiful fellowship, and we were serving Him. But out of the blue comes a situation, and what happens? As with Simon Peter, we begin to sink. Believer, God's not so far away from you that you can't cry out to Him and say, save me. Even as believers, Lord, save me, help me. I'm in this situation, God, and I don't see any way out. Save me and help me. What does the Bible say? This beautiful passage that follows in Matthew 14 31, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And that's God's word this morning. You're walking with him. You're learning. You know him. You know Christ situations come up and, and trials happen and we feel that we're sinking. All you have to do is reach out. All you have to do is cry out to him, say, save me. That's all you have to do and he will be there for you. And this word is for someone this morning. Perhaps you've been serving God for a good amount of time, and you feel that, that you're sinking, you feel that you just don't see any way out of this situation, I have good news for you, and a reminder for you is that God is still powerful. God is still in the business of saving the unbeliever, and yes, saving the believer once again, his sons and his daughters. I think back in my life. As a 14-year-old boy, lost, without purpose. I think back how how... Before I knew Christ, I I would even doubt the existence of God. I would would remember just just thinking, is God for real? What's this life about? Yes, at 14 years old. Hadn't been through much yet, but I've seen my fair share of pain and circumstances and family, and and I've been through it. And at that time, I was wondering, what is life about? And I remember asking the Lord... God, if you're there, if you're real, show me. My heart was open. God, if you're real, show me. And can I tell you, within a short amount of time, God began doing certain things, and I began to see, and I hadn't yet stepped foot in a church. I hadn't yet stepped foot in any fellowship or any ministry, but I was just a young boy who was lost, who was looking for an answer, and and the good news is, this morning, if God heard my voice, if God heard me, the Bible says that He's no respecter of persons. And, and if He could do it for me, if He heard my quiet prayer, if He heard the urging of my heart, He hears you this morning. What situation are you in? All you have to do is ask Him God, I'm open, help me. God is faithful, and He'll begin to do that. And I remember times in my life where I was serving God and I was saved in the early years. And even in the later years, I mean, it, it, it never ends. I, I, There's there situations that we go through. And I remember asking God certain things and prayers and him answering it. Because he's a gracious God. Immediately, Jesus, he reached out and he grabbed him and he saved him. This message is called, and I'm laying the groundwork this morning, and it's called Blood and Water. So we understand that we're sinners in need of a Savior. And we understand that blood sanctifies. As we get the account here of Jesus being on the cross, he was pierced in the side, and blood and water flowed out. In the Old Testament, I'm going to give you some scriptures just for you to mark down. In Leviticus 17, 11, it says that the latter part of that scripture, it is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible in the law that there would be there would blood would have to be shed for forgiveness to take place this is according to the law in hebrews 9:22 in fact according to the law moses nearly everything was purified with blood for without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness you and i are here this morning we're able to be in the presence of god why because jesus christ shed his blood for you and i as we get an account in this scripture that we read in the beginning it's the blood of jesus that allows us to be in the presence of a holy God, our loving Father. Matthew one twenty one. Here we see when the angels were talking to Mary, or in the beginning of the gospel it says she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's that was the Lord's word to Joseph. He will save his people from their sins. Some more scriptures I want to give you. Hebrews nine twelve. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. Hebrews thirteen twelve. mark that scripture down. 1 Peter 1, 2. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You and I are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Romans 7, if you're taking notes, Romans 7. 24 and 25. This is an account here where Paul was He was battling so much. He says, I desire to do right, but my flesh wants to do wrong. I know I have to do this, but my, my flesh wants to do that. And he says this in Romans 7, 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin in death? Verse 25. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. And then we jump into Romans 8:1. So now listen to this. This is good news. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's a word for somebody this morning. And the devil isn't he? He's, he's, he's such a liar. He's so foul. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren, and he's always trying to convince you and I that we're not worthy, not even to be in the house of God. He's always at work. He's throwing these fiery darts. He's trying to convince God's people that you have no business being in God's presence. But the Bible says in Romans 8.1, there, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. We see the value of the blood of Jesus. Revelation twelve eleven, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. It's the blood that we're forgiven with. It's because of the shedding of blood that you and I are here this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for his blood. Thank you, God, for giving his one and only son. Now we understand this. This is why we're able to come to God and be forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. Our God is a God of hope. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's unchanging. You know why he's unchanging? Because he's already perfect. He doesn't need to change. He's already there. He's already in in complete perfection. But what about us? We need changing, right? And each and every day we need changing. We need God to help us. So although God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, believer, let it not be said about us that you're the same person as when you walked in 10 years ago. Let us get better. Let God have his perfect work in our life. See, we try our best. We do our best to serve God. We strive to live a good testimony and keep a good testimony. But we understand how the flesh is constantly trying to trip us up. We walk in victory. We believe. We have faith. We're conquerors. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. But what happens when the believer finds himself in a rut? Let's be real this morning. Because we understand it. You know the scripture. I know the scripture. You're more than a conqueror. You're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You are victorious. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did. But sometimes we don't feel like that. Sometimes we look in the mirror. We scratch our head. We talk to ourselves. We're talking. what were you thinking? Why did you say that? Why did you do that? What were you thinking? So as with Peter, he was walking on the water. He was doing great. Everything was going according to plan. He was walking in a miracle right there. But in the next moment, he looked around, and he began to sink. See, your day can start off good. You're on top of the world. You had good devotion time. You, the Lord ministered to you, but you, you show up at work, or you show up here or there, you go to school, and... All of a sudden, it changes in an instant. Left field. Where did this come from? You physically go here or you go there and things change. Or perhaps your day is ruined by a social media post. (laughs) You go by that person's page. Oh my gosh, they... They went to where I wanted to go, or they got what I've been wanting, and your day is ruined. Whatever it may be, we have an enemy that is constantly trying to wear us down. And Revelations 12.10, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. But let's look at our scripture again in John 19, verse 31 through 30. Well, let's look at verse 34. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with the spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. Now, we spent some time talking about the blood. We understand the power of the blood of Jesus. But why is the Bible talking about water? What does that mean? Why is this account talking about blood and water? I think of a scripture in John 13, 8 through 10. And again, man, Peter is such a colorful disciple, right? We get so many, we get the good and the bad. He's such a, he's such a real person like you and I. So John 13:8. this is where Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. So in verse 8, Peter said, no. He says, no, Peter protested. You will never have to wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. Okay, we understand. Do we see what's being said here? Washing, okay? Verse 9. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who has been bathed, a person who has bathed all over, does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. I was reading a passage here, a commentary on this. This is what Matthew Henry said. Listen to this. It says, See what ought to be the daily care of those who through grace are in a justified state. And that is to wash their feet, to cleanse themselves from the guilt they contract daily through infirmity and inadvertence by the renewed exercise of repentance with the believing application of the virtue of Christ's blood. We must also wash our feet by constant watchfulness against everything that is defiling, for we must cleanse our way and cleanse our feet by how? Taking heed to God's word there too. Psalms 119 verse 9. Listen what the Bible says. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. We talked about the blood of Jesus. How the blood sanctifies us. It, it cleanses us. So now you and I are able to be set apart as holy for the use of God in his kingdom. The blood of Jesus. But we have the water. We have the water believer that is so important in our life, that is so effective in helping us become who God wants us to be. A minute ago I talked about, uh, about God not ever changing. Why? Because he is perfect. But you and I, we need to change. Some of you are in this place and, and you're frustrated because of where you are in your life. You, you think that, that you should be so further ahead than where you are. Sometimes we get frustrated if we're honest with ourselves man, why am I still dealing with this situation? Why am I still going through this? This is where the power of God's word, the washing of his word, comes to play in our life. See, you're saved. God's done a work in your life. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You're saved. You can look forward to heaven. But in our lives, God desires, while we are here on this earth, while we remain, that our lives would continually get better, that, that we would reflect his righteousness more and more each and every day in our personalities, in our perspectives, in our attitudes, in our, in our conversation, in our vocabulary. See, I don't want to be the same person I am than I am right now. Next year, I, I want to change. I want to be better. And how does it come? It comes through the grace of God, through the power of his blood, and through the washing of his word. See, there is time. There is still hope. Believer. You may find yourself in a place, you're saved, you're serving God, but you find yourself in a place of needing God's forgiveness because of whatever situation you're in. The Bible gives us good news. It says in 1 John 2.1, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. You can still ask for forgiveness. You could still come to God. You know what the biggest deception is? The devil has such a deception on people where they make a mistake, and what does he convince them to do? Don't even come to church. Don't be a hypocrite. We've heard it a million times. Just forget it. Throw in the towel. You've messed up one too many times. It's not worth it. You're such a hypocrite, and that's what he'll tell you. What does the Bible tell us? He comes to seek and save those who are lost. That here, that we have an advocate in 1 John 2, 1, while the devil is is the accuser of the brethren, the Bible calls Jesus here an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He wants to see you win. He wants to see you change. He wants to see you live a life without that, that situation or that thing that's hanging over your head or is on your back. He believes in you. He sees that you can live in a new way through his power, through the washing of his word, that you could be victorious in that situation. He sees it, and he's your advocate this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 5.25, listen to this passage. It says, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Okay? In verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Cleanse it and sanctify it by, with the wa- washing of water by the word. Now, what does water symbolize? What does it mean? It's symbolic of cleansing. We remember in the Old Testament with Noah that, that God flooded the world. Why? To rid the world of wickedness, he used water. We understand when we're baptized, we go underwater. Why? Because there's a, there a, a cleansing there that takes place. And the hope is this, believer, that God has sanctified you and I with his blood, that he's saved us, that once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, yes, we're saved, but through the power of the washing of the, the, the water, we're able to... Live a life that's clean. We're able to experience change in our life. We're able to continually become more Christ-like in each and every area of our life. I'll read it one more time. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? Don't let the enemy convince you that There's no more plan and purpose for you because you've made a mistake. Don't think that God has just written you off and he's done with you because you made a bad decision. Can I tell you we've all made bad decisions? Christian too, right? It's not just for for the unsaved. We've all made decisions that maybe we're not proud of and we want God to help us. We're a work in progress, believer. If anyone could hear my voice this morning and understand how much God loves you, that the plan of God is still intact for your life, that that the desire of God for your life is that He that you would prosper. He doesn't have pl- what does the Bible say that He He doesn't have plans to harm you, but to what? To prosper you, to give you a hope, a future, and an expected end. See, I think it starts sometimes with our thinking believer. We find ourselves maybe in in a rut, and you're dealing with this thing. Understand the power of the blood of Jesus, that he's here to forgive you. But understand the power also of the the washing with the water of his word. It's important that you you be here this morning. And here we are in the house of God. and, And the one that's watching online, I encourage you. There's a place for that, there's a place to stream, but if you can make it here to the house of God, there is something that transpires when you come into the house of God and you worship. There is change that takes place. In the most difficult times of my life, the hardest circumstances that I've been in, I've, I've made it a point to just, just be at church if that is all that I knew, if I felt far away from God, if if I didn't understand what was taking place, if I could just get into the house of God, if I could worship with the people of God, then it's gonna be all right, then I'm gonna change, and I'm taking steps in the right direction. (laughs) Believer, be tenacious. Be dedicated, be motivated, that no matter what, I'm gonna to come to church, and it's not an excuse to continually live in sin, no it's not. But that if we understand that God, if I could get into the house of God, if I could make it through those doors, I know what's gonna happen, Lord. One, I'm gonna be in your presence, I'm gonna be around the people of God that are believing with me, I'm gonna be in worship, and I'm gonna hear the word of God. And what does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. You made it this morning. Give give yourselves a hand. Here we are in the house of God, and we are a work in progress. To God be the glory for all that he's doing. So what are you going through this morning? Perhaps tragedy, trial, testing, hardship, failure, disappointment, doubt struggle all these things that we face yes even as believers at times the blood of jesus is there to forgive us the power of his blood is not limited in any way it's powerful it's still as powerful as it's ever been through the power of his blood we're forgiven and through the washing of the water by the word of god we're continually changed we're becoming more and more Christ-like, and we can begin to experience that life and life in abundance as Jesus promised. Can you say Amen? amen. See, what's awesome, believer, is that He's not left us empty-handed by any means. There's a scripture that I love in Second Peter one three. It says, "The Bible says His divine power has given us everything we need to live a life of according to godliness and righteousness." His divine power has given you everything you need. He's called you to be set free from drug addiction. He's given you everything you need to do that. He's called you to be free from alcoholism. He's given you everything that you need to do that. From depression. From oppression. He's called you to be free from that. His divine power has given you everything you need to live that life. He's not left us without. He's given us everything that we need. What did Jesus tell his disciples when he was leaving them, when he was going away back into heaven? He says, I'm not leaving you alone. I'll send the advocate. I'll send the comforter who will remind you of the things I spoke about. In no way did God ever leave us. And today, he's never left you. There's hope for you. There's hope for you and I. Thank you, Jesus. You seek change. It comes through Christ. It comes through the power of the blood of Jesus and through the washing of the water by his word. So there's hope. There's strength. There's encouragement for you. God's plan for your life is still intact. Whether you're here physically or you can hear my voice, God's plan is still intact for you. Seek him. Continually run to him. Each and every day, ask Him, God, forgive me. And Lord, wash me by your word. And what does this mean? We have to pick up God's word. We got to read it, memorize it, know it, study it, understand it. Come into the house of God, hear the word of God being preached, and our faith will be effective. Doesn't the Bible say that it's alive, right? It's alive sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's powerful, able to discern mind and spirit. It's powerful. God's Word is so powerful. So church, as a worship team makes their way up, the blood of Jesus sanctifies us and it cleanses us. But the Word of God, the washing of the Word of God continues to perfect us if you're frustrated this morning in this place because of your condition or wherever you're at in your life, the only thing that you should let that frustration do is to cause you to run to Jesus. It's the best way. Don't don't let it cause you to dig yourself deeper into a hole or run further away from God or run the opposite way. Let it push you. Let it propel you to run to Jesus and say, God, I'm here. Lord, I, I know you still have a plan for my life. Why? How do we know this? Why? Because there's still breath in our lungs. The Bible tells me that there's hope among the living. So when you're frustrated, when you don't see a way out, when you feel that you're sinking in your situation, just as Peter did, he called out to his loving Savior who was there. He said, save me. What does the Bible say? Immediately, the Lord reached down. God hears the prayers of his people. But All you have to do is ask. Sometimes that disappointment, that frustration, that shame, and we see this with Adam and Eve in the very beginning. When they, when they sinned, what happens? They, they tried to Hide from God, right? They were ashamed. What's a beautiful demonstration of grace in that story is that, Jesus, is that the Lord was walking. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. He said, Adam, where are you? What does that show us? That God is seeking. He seeks to save those who are lost. He's con- His Holy Spirit's constantly at work. You feel it. You feel it in your heart. Perhaps you're in this place, and you're in the farthest, farthest, furthest place from God that you've ever been, but you know deep in your heart where you need to come to. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's the love of God reaching out to you. He's reaching out. He's seeking you. He came to seek and save those who were lost. So believer, Christian, man of God, woman of God, This applies to us. Perhaps the unbeliever in this place, you've never accepted Jesus. The blood of Jesus is here to forgive you. You just have to ask him. So praise God. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, we're going to pray.